Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner on this Victory Monday. How are you doing today, Cody? Oh, James, I'm doing all right. Uh, we got a victory. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get a chance to watch all of this game. I got some highlights and some lowlights as I, you know, witnessed a couple fumbles and more fumbles than I would have liked to have seen. But you know what? We got the win. So that's a good thing. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing all right, buddy. I'm doing all right. Fantastic. Always better on a victory Monday. And even better yet when Pittsburgh's going to the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> no you're right i mean the the curse of the terrible towel must be a real thing because dang the last few teams that have disrespected that terrible towel titans included uh have wound up not faring very well and the jaguars disrespected us very very much so and i, I think they lost half of their games or a quarter of their games since then i don't know oh, they went they went like three and six three and six that's what it was the terrible towel yeah yeah pretty pretty bad record for what was a very good team at the time yeah i mean they were playoff bound they were basically in control of their own destiny just like most teams are at some point in the season uh but they had all eyes looking up and then you wave that terrible towel and disrespected like that and myron cope comes back from the beyond the way and says no more of that suckers so uh, yeah and that was that was even more of a uh, a red flag than normal because those guys stole it from the fans yeah like, they reached into the into the crowd and stole it from them and then we're stomping on it and stuff that's yeah it's disrespectful and uh you're paying the price now buddy yep yeah they are um speaking of who's not paying the price miles jack and eric Rowe not paying the price of being on a practice squad because they were both elevated before the game uh so that was good need about those guys for sure uh the inactive pittsburgh's paying the price for elevating them that's also true big facts uh we're not going to talk about that uh but with that being said inactives for this game uh against baltimore again pittsburgh played baltimore this week if you weren't aware i don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you weren't aware of that uh but the inactives for the game were Mitch Trubisky, Trenton Thompson, Darius Rush, Dylan Cook, Blake Martinez, DeMarvin Leal, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Um gosh, I would still like to see Minka back there getting back on on uh, He's close, man. Defense. He's close. I saw some video of him practicing last week. Looked like he was moving pretty good. So uh good. My guess is they held him out knowing that the Ravens weren't gonna play all their starters and thinking that they probably were solid enough with Eric Rowe and Patrick Peterson at safety to not need him in order to beat the Ravens. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they did hold him out, especially with how sloppy the field conditions were in that game. Just uh, an absolute downpour through almost the entire game. So you don't want to put a guy out there with a bum knee in those kind of conditions if you can avoid it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but so all those guys were not active. James, this game was... Uh... A weird one, to say the least. I mean, it was n- typical AFC North showdown, especially with the Ravens as of recent years. Um, you know, especially when they're playing their backups, they're always tough games. Even when they're not playing their backups, it's it's tough games with them. You're typically looking at a one score or less, like seven points or less swing, and this was exactly that. Um, seven points or less, Pittsburgh comes out on top, 17 to 10. But... Um, not as much scoring as I thought was going to happen in this game, but I think a large portion of that probably coming from the fumbles. Both teams lost two fumbles. Just some real sloppy conditions, too. You know, when, when it's that wet, uh, it's very difficult to hold on to the ball. 
that's a big adjustment for Mason Rudolph. You know, uh, in this game, he was wearing two gloves like like Kenny normally does. And as the game was progressing and neither team was having a whole lot of success with holding on to the ball, I actually openly wondered uh, with the people I was watching the game with, I wonder if they'll switch to Kenny Pickett, not because Mason's playing poorly, but because Kenny's used to playing with gloves yep. and Mason's not. And it might be an advantage for Kenny in those poor weather conditions, being that he played his whole college career in Pittsburgh. You know, he's used to that uh, and he's used to playing with gloves no matter what the conditions are. Might just be a little bit more accustomed to it and a little bit better to hang on onto the ball. Uh, but ended up not not mattering in the long run. Yeah, and I mean, let's be real. Next week is, is in Buffalo for the wild card, yep. not to look too far ahead right now because um, we're still talking about this Ravens game. But you never know what the weather's going to be like in January in Buffalo. So a lot to look forward to with that. But again, let's, I mean, let's start it off. Mason Rudolph, 18 of 20 for 152 yards. Seems like a lot of short passes, but that's fine. Uh, one touchdown, no interception. I mean, he it's lost. He lost available. a fumble. He lost a fumble. That was his only, yep. you know, blemish. But two incomplete passes. Incredible, actually. You know, he was really good. He was very accurate on the day. Uh, there was one interceptable ball. We got baited early in the game, um, and then after that, it was like he was like, "Yeah, I'm good. No more mistakes today for me." Uh, the absolute dime that he put on Deontay Johnson for the touchdown was incredible. He just threaded it between the defenders, hit him perfectly in stride. Deontay never broke stride as he went the whole way for a touchdown. What was it, like 76 yards or something? Something like, like that. that. So, yeah, real nice uh, play in a, a real momentum swinger. Uh, but in this game, Baltimore bracketed George Pickens. Mm-hmm. Every single play, they bracketed him, and they made sure to pay lots of attention to Pat Fryermuth too, so Pat wasn't open all game long. Uh, and that basically left Deontay Johnson and the running backs. That's pretty much what was available in this game to throw to, uh, and Mason made it happen, man. Uh, he made the throws when we needed to, uh, and the running game really came through once again. Najee Harris goes over a thousand yards on the season. This is the third season in a row. He's been able to do that. No, that's all three of his seasons in his career so far. He's been over a thousand yards rushing. Um, Finished the year with at least a 4.0 average this year too, didn't he? Uh, I want to say he was 4.0 or 4.1. I can find that out. So Um, this is, this is kind of a step in the right direction. What we've been looking for. Uh, What we were talking about the last couple of years is that average wasn't high. You know, he was finishing the season with 3.6 or 3.7 yards per carry. Oh, this year he got to that elusive 4.0. Uh, and that's tremendous. That's what we're looking for. If you're getting four yards of carry, you run it three times in a row, you got a first down again, and you can really sustain some long drives. Um, and they had some because of that. Yeah, three. Um, Jalen. 3.9 yeah, 3. yards per attempt uh, year one, 3.8 year two, 4.1 so far this year. Woo. And that'll be the regular season final. So he hit 4-1 on the season for this year, which is great. Uh, even above the 4-0 that we were hoping to see him hit. So yep. uh, real nice improvement for Najee. And it a lot of that was just because of how hard he runs, man. Yep. Like people hit him and he keeps driving his legs. And people keep on talking about, you know, hey, he's not 
fast. Well, he had at least eight 20 plus yard touchdown runs this year was one of the most productive backs in the NFL with explosive runs. Yep. Uh, now he didn't take any of those for like 40, 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but a lot of those 20 yard runs were because of all the tackles that he was breaking. Uh, so just got to give him credit. Uh, this was a tough game for Jalen Warren. Uh, Jalen fumbled the ball multiple times in this game. And uh, in, in it cost Pittsburgh some opportunities to score. So uh, something that Jalen Warren, I think, is going to be highly motivated for the Bills game to make sure that he doesn't do that. Because honestly, if that's something that continues for him, you just got to stop using him in the postseason. Yep. Maybe maybe he's a fair weather running back. I don't know if that's the case. That doesn't do you a whole lot of good when you're in a playoff push. No. Because uh, Pittsburgh's weather in January and February is not good. Uh, neither is Buffalo's weather. Uh, neither is the weather in a lot of these AFC top tier teams like Kansas City. You're not going to get a lot of sunny days in Kansas City this time of year either. Uh, you will in Miami. You know, you'll get some nice weather in Miami, but you're also going to get some sloppy conditions down there too. It'll yeah. just be 20 degrees warmer. True. So um, the one thing I will say about one of his fumbles um, was just a really good job by the defender. He was basically wrapped up on a third down there. Going to either punt or kick a field goal. And the defender noticed, hey, he's wrapped up and just punched the ball out really, really well. Sure, it's a fumble nonetheless, but in my opinion, that was more of a good play on the defender than a bad play on Jalen. And he learned from it as the game went on that guys were just trying to rip the ball out. Uh, So he started on contact going to two hands over the ball, which is what you got to do in those kind of conditions. Yep. Um, especially when it's becoming so obvious that people are knocking the ball out. You got to, got to adapt to that. You got to make sure you're not allowing that to happen. So um, Najee on the day, 26 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Had a 4.3 yard average on the day. Uh, Very, very nice job on his part. Uh, Jalen Warren, nine carries for 33 yards with a 3.6 yard average. So a little bit lesser of a day for Jalen again, when the field conditions are like that, it kind of helps to have a big old Brahma bull of a running back like Najee. Yep. Uh, so advantageous, kind of like how the success we saw Jerome Bettis have through a lot of years in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Uh, similar idea, you know, those those bigger dudes, it's tougher to stop them, it's tougher to slow them down, it's tougher to bring them down. Um, there was a couple of end rounds that were successful and very important when they were mm-hmm. uh, one to Calvin Austin, the third for eight yards, one to George Pickens for three. And I want to say that one to George Pickens got a first down. So um, it was instrumental, even though none of those were big plays, uh, the result was big and that's, what's really important in the end. Yep. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. Looking on to those receivers, you had four receptions by Deontay Johnson. On five targets, which is a good number for him. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. 89 really yards. it on at the end of the year. Yeah, those 89 yards and the one touchdown. So um, I believe that put him at how many touchdowns this year? Six? Was it I six? I think, yeah. I think six on the year. Um, so he ended up with one more than George, I think, because I think George had five. <laughs> no, I think he had five. He had five. So, oh, okay. Um. So, but again, a much better year than last year when he had basically had none all year. Or excuse me, yeah. he did have none all year. Did he get one final week? No, no. He, no, it he was not. It was yeah. zero. Yeah, he set the NFL record for most catches without a touchdown last year. Solid. Uh, Pat Fryermuth <laughs> had two catches for 21 yards. Both of them, I thought, were, were decent plays. The one play was for most of that. I think it was like 15 or 16 yards. 
Um, Najee Harris, five for 21. So, you know, a bunch of checkdowns, normal, what we're used to seeing. Uh, Jalen Warren, five for 17 yards, even more of those checkdowns. And then Connor Hayward had two catches for four yards. One was, a, I think one was four or five yards. So two little dump off passes for him. Um, for sure. Allen Robinson had one target all day. That was the one incomplete pass that he had, that Mason had early in the game that probably should have been picked off. Um, honestly, but luckily after that, he turned it around and played pretty well for the rest of the game. Offensive line. I felt like did a good job. I mean, they let a couple guys get to Mason and, and force fumbles and hit, make it, make hit, uh, make contact with him more than we would have liked, but the offensive line did enough in this game to win, you know? I didn't see a whole lot of things fail. And George Pickens was that um, first down. I think it was like third and one. And then they mm-hmm. did a little end around. It almost looked like they were going to do like a tush push type thing. And the offensive lineman actually did that uh, moving forward. But then they did a little end around and it worked out for a first down. Yeah, some real nice blocking by the offensive line. They did a job protecting Mason in the passing game and a better job in the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one play where they did a trap play right up the gut, and Isaac Siamalu just absolutely earholed the defensive tackle. You know, uh, with a trap, you know, let the guy through, and then somebody comes over and hits him sideways. Yep. And yeah, Isaac absolutely crushed him. There was another play where where he blocked two guys, and the running back came right in behind him. I think it was Najee Harris on the play where he got his first guy turned him. Moved up to the second level, got that guy, turned him, and now she's just falling him right down the field. Just uh, some really, really impressive performance. The more I see of Isaac Siamalu, the more I am grateful that they signed him. I feel like they did a real nice job with these guards, finding high-quality guards that aren't pro bowlers but aren't too far off from that level of play. Yep. Uh, and that's what our bookend guards are right now, and I'm very comfortable with those guys. Uh, so. Happy to see that kind of play. Uh, also, honestly, probably one of the better games from Dan Moore. Dan Moore did a nice job on his side. Uh, not saying that I think he's going to be the answer, uh, but at least he's finishing on a strong note. The last couple of weeks, he's done a good job with good defenders going against him. Uh, and there were a lot of starters that played for Baltimore because you can't bench everybody. Nope. Otherwise, you won't be able to field the team. Um like, for example, we're going to talk on the defensive side about T.J. Watt getting two sacks. Uh, those were against Marcus Moses. That's the starting right tackle. That yeah. was not against a backup offensive lineman. Uh, that was against their starter. Uh, so nice performance from those guys. I uh, just thought overall you got what you needed to out of the offensive line. Uh, and they really, uh, really gave us now at the end of the year a good example of what we may be able to get in future years. Uh, it, it makes me excited, you know. Uh, I feel like we have multiple pieces now. You got at least three pieces you can build around uh, with Broderick Jones, Isaac Siamalu, and and uh, the right guard James Daniels. It's, yep. it's a nice group of three that are real good run blockers and and pretty decent pass blockers as well. Um, you upgrade the other two, and and you might really have a very formidable offensive line. Yep. Um, the one thing I will say about the offensive line. Uh, for this game specifically, the the Ravens, like I mean, like you talked about, they didn't bench everybody. They went up against a, a really good defensive front still um, yeah. and, and played very, very well. So I'm just proud of that. And even, I mean, blocking, getting Najee over 100 yards again, you know, it, it worked out really well. And 
I think they perform well. I'm excited to see what happens. I I still think they're going to go, you know, they got to go offensive line early in this next draft. But I think that you, like you said, you have some of those key pieces you can work on and move forward with. So mm-hmm. I am excited for that. Uh, defensive side of the ball, that defensive front, I mean, holding the Ravens, even this, the their backups to 10 points um, is really well, well done. And it was a rain game, so you kind of got to factor that into play. Um, but that defensive front, Cam Hayward led the way uh, with tackles, if I'm not mistaken. He had two on the game. Ke- no, excuse me, Keanu Benson had three. Um, Loudermilk had one. Ogunjobi didn't have any. Uh, Ogunjobi wasn't involved pretty much at all most of the game, which was weird. I felt like he was getting penetration a couple times, but he wasn't making plays. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of sums up his season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a shame that we look at this season and say we got three sacks out of Larry Ogunjobi. That's twice as good as last year. Man, that's not what I want for what's supposed to be the second best defensive lineman on the team. Uh, so um, got to see better production from this defensive line group when it comes to sacking the quarterback. Uh, we just didn't get it this year. Uh, and I'm not mad at Cam Hayward about it because Cam was playing. Uh, he missed a bunch of time with an injured groin, and then when he came back, it was nowhere near 100%. Uh, and when he did come back, he started getting some sacks and helping out with that. Uh, but you can tell that thing's still bugging him. Uh, when you see the practice report throughout the week, Cam Hayward is typically only limited all week long now yep. as to where a few weeks back he was getting at least one practice in full. Uh, they're not doing that at all with him now. You can tell he's, he's – He's trying to gut it out. Um, so if Pittsburgh's going to have some sex success in the playoff here, uh, I do feel like they're going to need to get more production on getting the quarterback to the ground from this interior defensive line. Uh, but I do like the way things are trending with Isaiah Loudermilk. Yeah. I feel like you might have a possible future piece there. Yeah. Isaiah- not convinced that he's going to be like a big production dude, but even if he's just to the point where you're not, going into next off season saying who are my depth pieces on the defensive line? At least you're going to be able to look at it and say, Isaiah Loudermilk is a good solid depth piece for the defensive line. Uh, You got to at least have that uh, with some of these mid round defensive linemen that we've been drafting the last few years. And right now you're probably a little bit more optimistic about him than you are to Marvin. And that's a a shame because Loudermilk was a fifth round pick and Leal was a third round. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you talk about the sack production too. Uh, looking at these linebackers, outside linebackers, I'll start with. Um, you got another sack from Marcus Golden, which put him, I think, at four for the year, which was great for for the backup piece that he is at outside linebacker. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, he didn't play a lot, so that's a lot of sacks for the amount of play he had. Yep. Uh, even and I don't I don't mean to bounce around, but even Mark Robinson got involved with the sack call this week. He had a blazing blitz. Um, that quarterback had nowhere to go and, and he got the sack on that play. So that was nice to see. Um, low, low key before we move off of him, yeah. Mark Robinson had a real nice game, man. He was very extinct, mm-hmm. instinctive. He had a forced fumble at another point in time in the game. Yep. Uh, and then the, the sack that you just described looked like he was shot out of a missile. Like what we saw his rookie season. Man. Yep. Uh, and we saw a few of that in this game where Mark Robinson was just going full tilt. And when he gets going full speed and he's like in the right mindset of, you know, see ball, get ball. And he just goes after it. He looks fast. Yep. It's when he's trying to diagnose and you can tell he's already out of position. It feels like he doesn't run as fast in those situations. 
But when he sees it and he goes after it, man, he's he's got some pretty impressive acceleration. Yeah, he uh, can't second guess. He can't second no. guess himself. Otherwise, there's no speed. There's no there's no recognition of what's even happening, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I feel like what they told us at the beginning of the season is that they've the the defensive coordinator Terrell Austin told us that he thought that Mark Robinson was a season away from being a season away. But what we're seeing at the end of this season now, at the end of this regular season, is a man earning more playing time with the defense. Yep. And he's earning it with good play on the defense. Uh, so I'm way more optimistic right now than I was like even three weeks ago. Three, four weeks ago, if you listen to our podcast, I was talking about I'm not so sure you even bring him back next year. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that he's on a rookie deal, it's a minimum contract. It doesn't cost you anything to bring him back. I wasn't sure if he's somebody who would even really help and contribute in the future. Uh, the last two weeks gives me some reason to be optimistic about Mark Robinson's future again. Yep. No, I agree. I'm excited. I'm hoping that we get to see some good work out of him next week as well in Buffalo. Um, staying with the linebacker crew, TJ Watt, obviously um, leading the league in sacks, had two sacks this game, probably would have had more in all honesty had he stayed healthy in this game. He did go out. Uh, we will get to injuries later, but he is going to be out for a few weeks. If it even matters, we here at Steelers by the Lake hope it really does. Uh, truly, truly hope it does. And then you also got to look at guys like Miles Jack. Um, I don't think he had a bad game. He didn't get any kind of crazy highlight or stat or anything like that. Um, but I don't think he was a li liability either with that being said. Uh, same thing with Landon Roberts. Kind of just there. Yeah, yeah. They did their job. They weren't eaten abused. Uh, and sometimes that's the most important thing. Uh, the linebacker crew, honestly, maybe the best linebacker on the day might have been Mark Robinson. And that's saying something because we've had some real nice performance from Landon Roberts and Miles Jack. And again, like Cody said there, not that they had bad games. They didn't. They did a good job. Uh, just Mark Robinson was way more impactful in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, so you like seeing that from the young guy, no doubt. Uh, pass rushers, like we talked about, TJ had a, an excellent day beating up on their starting right tackle. Don't care what anybody tells you. Look at the film. It was Marcus Moses. He's the starter. Uh, that was not the backup, although the backups did play. They were rotating the offensive tackles in and out. He beat the starter. Uh, we had a nice game out of uh, the opposite side, too. Just, uh, again, guys aren't getting the quarterback to the ground really that much. TJ, you mentioned uh, Golden getting a sack. Herbig was getting involved on things. Um, we're going to see those two getting a lot more playing time this upcoming week. So it'll be interesting to see how they address that situation if one of them plays more than the other or if it's just more of a rotation or what. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, what do you think about the secondary, James? Let's talk about these corners. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about them. Absolutely. I, I didn't feel like we had a glaringly bad performance from anyone. Um, Joey Porter Jr. holding it down like you. Uh, Eric Rowe with 11 tackles on the game, showing that he's just been a very tremendous positive impact for the team. And that's with him missing some time. He went out injured at one point in time in this game. Uh, and it seemed like when TJ went down, Eric said, I don't care how much pain I'm in. I'm going back out there because y'all know me out there with TJ out. Mm -hmm. uh, and he finished the game out. Uh, so uh, at that point in time, I was real concerned because we already knew you know, Minka didn't dress and 
and Trenton didn't dress. And that just left Killebrew and Elijah Riley as the only safeties. So Killebrew was starting to get some defensive snaps again, which isn't always a great thing, but he represented himself well uh, from what I saw in the game as well. So um, Pat Pete got kind of exposed a couple of times uh, on the touchdown. He was the last man that had an opportunity to tackle and was unable to bring him down. And it was a tight end. Uh, That's a difficult matchup, but when you're a safety it's your job to bring that guy down. So um, Pat Pete having a little bit of learning issues with that position. And uh, I think it's just more of he needs to remember that as a safety, he needs to be ultra physical. He can't just bring that cornerback physicality. It's got to be another level of physicality. He's got to lift weights, Joe Hayden might say. Get back into it, yeah. yeah. Get back, he might have to put a couple pounds back on. Yeah, uh, the one thing that I will say out of um, uh, my brain's not processing right now. Um, Joey Porter Jr. had a great play on uh, a pass at one point where he didn't necessarily play the ball, but he played the receiver in a legal way. We're just kind of watching, hey, when the receiver's hands go up, put your hand out there and knock it down or interfere with where that ball would be going. Um it worked out really, really well, and it was an incomplete pass. So uh, he didn't really do a whole lot of things stat-wise, but Joey Porter's been shutting down guys left and right. And we, I mean, we shared a stat, I think, on our Facebook page, or you did, um, that Joey Porter's, you know, had one heck of a rookie rookie season so far. So, Quarterback rating of 47 when going against Joey Porter Jr. on the season. And he just got voted to first team all rookie. Ooh. Uh, so that's that's a real uh, real accomplishment on his part. So uh, Joey Porter's really starting to to turn heads. And again, people were worried about, you know, he's not going to get interceptions. Your top corner doesn't necessarily need to get a ton of interceptions. Mm-hmm. Will I be happy if he starts getting more than he got this season since he only got one this season? Oh, Absolutely. But you know what? Ike Taylor was a shutdown corner for Pittsburgh for four or five years and never let people beat him. Uh, and he didn't get a lot of interceptions. Nope. No, I, I'm trying to see um, what currently uh, the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year odds are. Uh, it looks as though... Oh, I can't imagine that he's very near no, the top because he no. just doesn't have any numbers for it. Um, it currently odds are in the favor of Will Anderson, the pass rusher. Yeah, it looks to be that way at least. Um, yeah, I, don't I don't think anybody really jumped out. We didn't have a kind of this year. No, I mean Nick Herbig's name is on the list. <laughs> That's. Funny. And and Joey Porter Jr.'s isn't even on the list, so that's interesting. Um, very interesting, in my opinion. But it is what it is. Uh, again, being named to that first team All Rookie is is still a huge honor and a huge um, showcase for him of of what he's done this season. Uh, with that being said, that wraps up the secondary. Chris Boswell, one for one on field goals, two for two on extra points. Boz for mm-hmm. president is how Boz we typically president. roll around here. Uh, punting Presley Harvin had an okay day. He had two inside the 20. Um, he shanked one when it really needed to get one. It was only like 26 yards. Yeah. Uh, but, but otherwise seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. 
Uh, and then you had the kick returns and punt returns. Nothing too wild or crazy there. Calvin Austin had that 34-yard return, uh, punt return, which was really nice. He, I mean, he can't, he brought that thing all the way to the sideline uh, before cutting up field. So that was a good turning point for him. And hopefully, a, a, you know, a starting point for him to continue improving on these things. Um, but again, 70-10 victory for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we will have another Friday show. Uh, but before we go too far to talk about that, injuries, we got to talk about TJ. Uh, did come out that he had a grade 2 MCL sprain. And then you also talked about Eric Rowe having that injury where she was able to come back in. There's still a chance that that could be a semi-severe injury. He just said, hey, I need to go back in there. You guys need me. Um, I haven't gotten any updates on that or seen anything yet. But next week, should get Minka back and probably even KZ. With that being said, do you want to see Minka and KZ or do you want to see Minka and Rowe? Um, I think you kind of rotated a little bit, you know. I think this gives you the opportunity to uh, match up Minka or Eric Rowe on the Bills' tight end. And I think that's a pretty important piece because tight ends have been a real problem for Pittsburgh this season. They can stick on them, uh, and they just haven't had enough healthy bodies that fit that size description. And I think both Minka and Eric Rowe are fully capable of that. KZ will be back his suspension is done at the end of the regular season, so he is back for the playoffs. Yep. Uh, so I like this. I think this is pretty cool, man. It's We're getting our two starting safeties back for this game against the Bills. Um, and it, it turns out with this being a grade two MCL sprain for TJ Watt, it's possible it's only a couple of weeks. It's very possible on that because it, it's not a severe sprain at this point. It's a middle-of-the-road sprain. Uh, yeah. So basically it's a rest and recovery type situation for him. And I think that if, if Pittsburgh's able to make a little noise here uh, and, and get a, a couple of wins together, he might be able to make it back for the AFC conference game. And if he isn't, I do believe with the description of the injury being what it is, he would absolutely be able to come back for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so Nick Herbig, and uh, Marcus Golden, it's it's your turn, guys. You got to hold it down for at least a couple of weeks for us, and get us that level of production that we're used to from TJ. Because uh, typically this team does not do well without TJ, uh, so we've got to have that level of production. Uh, and I think this would be a good week to just kind of go with a rotation of those three uh, and start seven guys out before they're even tired. You yeah. Know, whoever you start opposite Alex Highsmith, I really don't care which one it is. But by like the fourth play of the drive, sub one of them out and get the other guy in. And then two plays later, sub the other one out and get the other guy back in. And just keep on doing that all game long where nobody's ever in there for more than three or four plays. So that way, none of them are ever overly tired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%. If you can continue to get those guys um, reps and, and rest more than anything. Uh, that would be absolutely huge to to what they're able to bring uh, to the table in the sense of a pass rushing standpoint. So with that being said, um, that's going to wrap up the show for today. A reminder, Pittsburgh's the seven seed. Baltimore's the one seed. If we happen to beat Buffalo, we are back <laughs> in Raven back territory <laughs> and, uh, and playing them again. So I I'm real excited about this game this upcoming week. I don't have any expectations right now, but again, we're going to talk about all of that 
uh, this Friday. Don't forget about our Wednesday night show on the Pro Sports Fans app. If you haven't downloaded that yet, download that. We are on there in the Steelers um, section for that. So, again, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. Don't forget the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Make this guy over here real happy. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.